Welcome to today's study with Pastor Rick. Reaching thousands around the world by radio and online, Pastor Rick provides answers to the challenges of everyday living. Hi, this is Pastor Rick. Today we launch into a great study that I just love. It's how to find a blessable balance in your life. You know, the goal in these studies have been lately to talk about how to live a blessable life, a life that can have favor and prosperity in it, giving God something to work with. He wants to bless you, but you have to be blessable. Well, one of the things that's important is balance. And I believe the key to balance is looking at your fruit. So sit back with me and let me talk about your fruit today. It's really a great study. Enjoy. Repeat the talk with me, please say, how to find a blessable balance. Let me ask you this question. Is your life balanced? Is your life balanced or is your life off balance? Do you right now live in a place that you would say is perfectly balanced, when it comes to your money, your finances, your health, or would you say, my life is pretty chaotic? If your life is chaotic, the question is, how do you find a balance? Now, I believe that when you find a balance, it leads to blessing. That's why I call it a blessable balance. I was sitting with somebody yesterday, and as a single person, and they were telling me their schedule. And it went something like this. They said, okay, I get up in the morning about 4.15, and it's a school teacher. And they said, okay, I, 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 get, I get to school around, I leave around 5, you know, 25 or so. I get to school around 6.20 or so. And um, I was 6.15. And, and then they said, the class starts at 7. They have to be there at 7.05. So they were giving me their schedule. And then, and then they, here's what they do. They said they go to bed really early, like probably about 8 o'clock. Wow, isn't that great? How many of you would like that schedule? 8 o'clock. Wouldn't that be great? Go to bed 8 o'clock. All right, now here's the deal. So now, so I said, you go to bed, right? And, I, and so as we were talking, I said, okay, now, let's drop three kids in this. Let's drop three children in this scenario, and let's see how it works out. Here's what normally happens. The balance goes off with responsibility. The more people that you're forced to manage and keep up with, it throws off the time you go to bed and the time you, you know, get up. So... As we were talking, it was a hilarious conversation because I said, now, so if you get up at 4.15, you, you take all this time to get yourself moving. Imagine trying to negotiate three people who don't want to get up. Three people who do not want to move, who do not want to get up, who, who resist this whole idea of going to school. They don't want to be educated. And then you got to feed these three people. You got to get these people, you've been through this, right? You got to get these people dressed. And they can't find shoes. They can't find this. And the bus, right? If, if we don't want to miss the bus. Because if we miss the bus, then, you know what I'm saying, we got a problem. Because now we have to drive them all the way to school. And how many times have we missed the bus? More than we want to talk about, right? So, I mean, it depends on what you're dealing with. Some of you say, no, 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 there's no bus. I have to take them. Now, when I was coming up, I had to catch the city bus. Because there were no buses coming to my neighborhood to pick anybody up. So... We, you caught the city bus in L.A., the cat, we used to call it, used to catch it to school. So, it, you know, it, it, imagine what this is like. And then, you, you know, this is hoping that you can get to work. Now, if you got to be to work at 7.05, this is trouble because now who's going to wait with these people? So we have a lot of challenges. 
Then let's say when we get off from school. That's not, we didn't stop there because they get off in 2.30, 3 o'clock, whatever time. Somebody has to pick these people up. You have to plan all this. These people will not get home without you. And they do not want to be picked up late. Why am I the last one being picked up? Everybody else is gone. Even the janitor is gone. I'm the only one out here. You know, so, so every day you're thinking, I got to get there, or you got to make sure your cousin's going to get them, or somebody's going to pick up these people. And then when they pick up these people, they're always hungry. What are we going to eat? You just got out of school. Didn't you have lunch? That was a long time ago. So now you have to have lunch for these people, right? And so you get home and it's lunch and then you got to download and they drop everything on the middle of the floor. You got to pick up your stuff, put your stuff back up. They want to get on no TV, nothing. Homework. Say that word, please. Who's going to do this homework? Now, let me tell you a story. This is true. I got married to Diane. We have children. And so there's always the first homework day. Okay. And I sit with, with the kids and here's how dad, me, how I do homework. What you got to do, do it. That's my approach. Do it. Did you do it? Good. That's it. That's the end of homework. It's real easy. Did you do it? Do it. That's it. I'm done. Don't check it. Don't look at it. Nothing. It's over. Diane, another whole element. Not Miss School Teacher. Miss School Teacher sit at the table. First day of homework, I knew I was in trouble. I eased my way back a few steps because girlfriend was in her gear. She sat down and says, let me see the homework. You're asking to see it? Yes, and then she looks at it and understands it because she's Miss school teacher. She taught first grade, second grade. She taught all the way to high school. Girlfriend knows what she's doing. She looks at it and says, ha-ha. And then you should have seen her and Christina in the early days. Christina would say, that's not how my teacher said do it. You're going to make me get a bad grade, and it's going to be your fault. I'll do it like you said, but that's not. And the dad said, you look, I taught for, I know what I'm doing. Well, that's not what my teacher said. So anyway, so, so then there's the homework time. And then after homework time, they want to play a little bit. And then it's negotiation for bed. And see now, so if you're trying to go to bed at 8 o'clock, you, you, you got some challenges here. They'll lean up on you. Then there's always the call back. You ever call back? Daddy, you sleep? Mama, you sleep? I have a question. What question do you have? It's bedtime. Then you got to get back up and negotiate that. And then Christina used to write notes. That was her big thing. And slide them under the door with questions. Do you love me? Yes or no? I put maybe. What maybe mean? She used to say maybe. It was always a zoo. Trying to stay balanced in this and go to sleep, knowing that you must get up and face this tomorrow. And then you have 12 years. It's like a 12-year sentence. You had a long time. And then college is a whole nother discussion. Here's the point. Staying balanced with a busy life can be difficult. How do you balance out life? How do you look at life in a balanced way? Well, I have a little formula that I use that I think would be interesting. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, I want you to listen to this. This is Jesus talking about false prophets. Here's what you do. The best way to, to, to be balanced is to look at the fruit first. Look at the fruit. Say that with me, please. Come on. If I want to know if I'm balanced, I need to look at my fruit, look at my results. That answers the question and doesn't allow me to cheat. Most of the time, if a person is going to explain something to you, they start with an explanation. Well, let me tell you what happened 
And then, let me tell you, and then this happened. And so that's why A, B, or C happened. They start with the explanation, the testimony, I call it. The fruit you have produced tells a story about your life. So the three things I want you to do if you want to be balanced. Number one, say with me, please. Say, look at your life results. Because that's a story. It's a storyboard that if you're really honest and really willing can help you. Let's look at your checkbook. You ready? Get that amount in your mind. What's in there? Say, okay, that's a storyboard. That tells a story. Look at where you work. Look at the job you have. That tells a story. You didn't get here by accident. There was a train you got on that brought you to this location. And, and it can be difficult to admit the life result I have is because of something I planted or someone planted in my life and has created this reality. Jesus says, by their fruits, verse 16 of Matthew chapter 7, are what I call results grown over time. Will you recognize them? That's what fruit means. It's the results you grow over time. Then he asked this question, do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Of course not. Likewise, every good tree bears what kind of fruit? Good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. Now, here's what's hard. It's hard to look at our fruit first. It's hard to look at our life results and have an honest discussion. It's hard to say, ah, maybe there's something wrong with the tree. Because the tree cannot do what I needed to do. And sometimes it's not until you get in your 30s that you start noticing what you cannot do. Sometimes by your mid-20s, it starts clicking in. Some of you even catch it even a little earlier when you're trying to go to college and you're trying to get in. And you cannot get in because you don't have the grade results to qualify for Princeton or Harvard or wherever you want to go. You find... I'm not fruitful enough in my academic development and I've not been willing to go back and pay the price if it's basic reading or writing. I'm not willing to do that. Therefore, these life results now have put me in a place where I can't have what I want. Those are life results. Those are fruit. And so verse 18 says, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit. A bad tree cannot bear what kind of fruit? Good fruit. Pause for a minute. The cannot part is what I want you to focus on. Look at your life results. That's the first thing I want you to do. And then secondly, look at what you cannot do. What we, I, I, I mean, is it, would you say that you cannot produce a peaceful family environment? First marriage, second marriage, third minute, relationships just keep falling apart. Job issues, no matter where you work. Is this a cannot do issue? Is, it the, is there a possibility that my life's out of balance and I don't know it because I never took the time to pause and look at the results? I always start with the testimony. I always want to blame mama or daddy or somebody else, and somehow it's always someone else rather than having that honest moment with yourself. I've seen pastors with very small churches, and they have a very difficult time. They blame big churches for their reason for being small. They blame the members for not... But, but could it not be that we, the gumbo of people we have together, 
the group of people we've gathered, the family that I'm in, is a family that does not grow good trees. Could that be the reason? Could it be that we have a fruit problem that no one's willing to face? Now, what he says is pretty drastic in this text. Verse 19 of Matthew 7, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown to the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Now, please, let's be clear for a minute. The context of this will help us a little bit. If you go to the third point, verse 15 says in Matthew 7, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. He says, please understand, sometimes the issue is we're not what we appear to be. Now, Jesus starts this whole conversation about false prophets, and he teaches a very powerful principle. So let me read the whole context to you, and you'll see how it all fits. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. Verse 16, you will know them by their what? Fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Verse 17, even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears what? Bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree uh, bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown to the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Now, understand this conversation starts with the issue of someone who appears, who represents themselves to be something else than they really are. So my question to you is, how do you find balance in your life? I'll tell you three things. Number one, start with the fruit. Look at your life results. Number two, look at what you cannot do. And number three, look at how you represent yourself to others. To find out whether you're balanced or not, you need to ask yourself, am I representing myself in a way that's genuine? Or am I really good at faking? You will never be balanced if you continue to pretend. And Jesus wanted them to understand these false prophets that were influencing them were really pretenders. And they were men that were out of balance. Finding that honest moment in your life when you can look at yourself and say, my life results call my genuine commitment into question. My life results say that every single time I date somebody, I am leading them to the bedroom. That is my result. And therefore, my commitment to the word of God and my commitment to holy living is not as genuine as I thought it was. My result is everybody that's a friend of mine ends up in a fight with me. I end up at some point of strife with them and I tend to bite like a wolf. I can name five people I've, I've told off and didn't feel a thing about it. Outwardly, I look like a holy sheep who loves God, but inwardly, I am ravenous. I have a temper that is out of control and a mouth that cannot be stopped when I'm angry. I am not what I appear to be. That, my friend, is a sign that you're out of balance. I thought I'd write some things down that I struggle with in my life to help you feel like you're not by yourself in this struggle. And here's a list of my personal issues. And I, I fight these all the time. Number one, my expectations of myself. Is an area of balance that I'm always fighting. I have to make sure that I don't overdo it or underdo it. Sometimes I struggle with my schedule and daily routines. And I struggle with two areas. What should I do now and what should I do next? 
It's really important for me to be really clear about what do I do with this thing called time God's given me. Then I struggle with how strong should I be in my financial focus? That has been an ongoing issue. Do you embrace the money-making discipline or do you resist it? Do you pull back? Do I challenge us to be a making, giving machine that sows strong seed, that has strong resources so that we can do great things around the world? Or do I accept a mediocre existence where we just barely make it? Where we accept debt long-term? I say no. Can I hear an amen to that? I'm telling you something. It's, it's, it's when a family, and I use this all the time because it really matters. It's when a family gets together, a husband and a wife, and, and they say, we are tired of this. We will not accept this lifestyle. We will not accept these results. We, won't, we don't want these fruit. I'm tired of not being able to do things. We cannot do. I'm tired of we cannot do. I'm tired of we cannot go. We cannot have. I'm tired of that. I look like I'm together spiritually and strong. I look like a strong, powerful sheep, but something in me is out of control. I need to bring balance in my life and get to another place. I'm telling you, it only happens when you decide. If there's a decision you make, and I think it's, it's God wants you to strike this blessable balance in your life that brings you to another place. I don't want to be dragged around by every woman that I see, every temptation, every person. I'm, I'm drooling and dribbling. Oh, my yuck. What is that? Can't be trusted. No one can. I don't want to be that guy. Maybe it doesn't matter to you, but people, do you think people can't see it? Do you think people can't see your balance, your imbalance? Watch the test. You ready? How many of you know somebody that needs to hear this sermon right back now? Raise your hand. Put it up high. Let me see. You know somebody. Okay, wait, wait. How many of you know somebody who is out of balance in a major area of their life and they don't know it? Raise your hand. See, they could be talking about you. <laughs> it could be. You talking about me? Could be. The same way you see things in people and they can't see it. I told a story the other day how I was in this place I was preaching in this place, and I went, you know, downstairs to greet all the people, say hello to everybody, and I was, and and I walked out there, man, and I was, I had on, I had on some um, nice clothes, you know, I, you know, I felt pretty casually sharp. You ever put on something that this is nice, you know? And I went down and oh, Pastor Rick, we like you. You're such a great minister. I was out of town, and Diane was with me. She comes downstairs, and she says, "You know, you didn't comb your hair." Yeah, I, yeah, I laughed. That was true. I saw. I, I didn't comb my hair. I'd got in my in my handsomeness, and my preparing to go down to greet those who came to hear me. I didn't comb my hair, and my hair. And Diane said it. <laughs> she laughed because she says, "I know you always take care of your hair, but it wasn't combed that day." So I kind of backed away and combed my hair. Praise God. Every now and then, you don't know how you look. You can't tell. People with high water pants can't hardly tell. <laughs> a little high, aren't they? A little high. Are you out of balance? One final area that I've struggled with personally is I've struggled with the sense of availability. Am I supposed to be? How often should I be available? 
Is everybody's problem my problem? Should I dwell on, think about, because I'm a pastor, should I always be available? I'll tell you what, I've learned, I have learned that that's not balanced living. God will never be able to bless you if you think you are to own everybody's issue. Over the next few weeks, I'm going to talk about three things that I think would help you, that I think will help all of us be more balanced. And I call these three balanced motivators. Say that with me, please. Come on. Three balanced motivators. The first one is urgent need. Most people, when they have an urgent need, they become more balanced because it forces them to. So the sermon I'm going to do is called Lord Help. Right about now would be good. That's next week. Urgent needs shape us, push us, and redirect us. Secondly, what I call future consequences. Sometimes just knowing that I have to pay something. It, it's, you remember back in the days when they, they, on those cowboy movies, they put their ear to the railroad track? See, if, see what's coming. Consequences can really be a good thing. They, they motivate you to find balances in your life. They say, catch this, they say, all African Americans born in this decade, in the next 20 years, half of them will have diabetes. The current trends, half. It's amazing how people don't always understand how profound the future is. Put your ear to the ground. Put your ear to the ground. And what train do you hear coming? What's the train coming down the road? I don't know why you're praying, you're in church, you're doing all this, but you're not, you're, not, you're not responding like a desperate person. You're not responding with a sense of urgency. You're not, you're not keeping up with yourself. You're not trying. You got medical coverage. You never get to take a physical. When's the last time you had a physical? When's the last time? What train, what train is coming your way? Thirdly, I think past lessons keep me balanced the most. They have a way of making me remember the past. And there's a sermon I'm going to do called I Should Have Said No. Can you look back and think about times in your life when you should have said no to something, when you should have said no? If you just said no to that phone call, if you, just, if you said no to that relationship, if you just said no to that friend, if you didn't go out that one night, how would your life change? It's all because you weren't balanced enough to say no. No. A lot of people don't graduate from college because they can't say no to friends when they call. It was a guy you just had to have, and you don't even know where he is now. It's a girl you couldn't reject, re resist. A blessable balance is what I'm trying to strike in my life. I'm trying to find a way to let my life mean more, and I, want to, I believe that God has called me to a place. Now, put in your sermon notes a place you can go overcomingbyfaith.org, and you can click on Church Online. And then when you click on Church Online, you click on Sermon Themes. I love this new thing we have. Sermon Themes. Everybody say it with me, please. Come on. Sermon Themes. If you go to the website, you click on Sermon Themes. It's the coolest thing you've ever seen. I'm telling you, it's the coolest thing. It's cool. I haven't seen anybody else do this. I'm sure somebody else has, but I haven't seen it. You click on Sermon Themes for 2014. We're going to do this for every year. When you click on that, you can scroll down to a series, a sermon idea called Transparency Series Theme 6. I did a series on transparency, and in that series, I talked more about this whole idea of balance. 
again and have the date, all the information there for you. In that sermon, if you click on that sermon, you can watch it for free. Anything I preached in 2014, anything I preached in 2015, 16, anything I preached, you click on the, you click on it. Oh, this is so cool. You click on it and you can see, listen to it and get the sermon notes. Oh my God, what a preacher. What a man of God. I'm telling you, I like this guy. I might keep him. Come on, people. I'm telling you. So that means... Any part of the series that you missed, you can go see, hear, listen, and get the notes. I'm trying to help us be blessable. I'm trying to get us to a place where we as a people are different. We give, we march, we give to God, we give to ourselves, we make the world a better place. And I think that's where we're doing something fantastic. You ready? Put your stuff down. Stand up on your feet for a second. This is called a blessable person who's happy and thankful, who's going someplace. I want you like a person going someplace who is blessable, who's going to be prosperous, who's going to be a mighty giver, a mighty receiver, a mighty saver, a debt-free person. We're going to all be incredible. Give God a big hand if I'm right. Come on. Come on, amen. Come on, people. Well, this is all about balance. I hope it's helped you find some balance in your life. I hope you find a way to put life in perspective and keep it that way. I call it a blessable balance. It helps you be prepared to receive God's best for your life. Sometimes he wants to bless you, but because your life is here and there, it's hard for you to ever receive all God wants for you. So thank you for listening today. I pray it brought you to a new place of balance and prayer. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed today's message from Pastor Ricky Temple. Watch more encouraging messages from Pastor Rick at www.rickytemple.tv. If you'd like a copy of this message, click on the bookstore tab at rickytemple.com where you can watch Pastor Rick live and get information about our ministry. Join us next time for another uplifting message.